Okay, so you're sitting around the table for dinner one night, and just as you are plying the gravy boat, the topic of vaccines comes up, as it does. So how does a vaccine actually work, your cousin Pam asks? Something about stimulating an immune system, right? You finish pouring the gravy, and then you point out that sometimes vaccines are less about manipulating your human cells and more about manipulating your bacterial cells. All this and more on this episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I am your host, Dr. K. Happy 4th of July, everybody, and happy 20th episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. It is a truly landmark moment in our podcast's history, and I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for being with us on this momentous occasion and being with us on this journey. If, whilst you are here, you could hit that follow button if you do not already follow the show, and if you could mention it in passing to someone who you think might like this, that would also be super helpful. Um, The other thing you can do is now you can finally follow the show on Instagram. Just look up Science with Dr. K. That's science with Dr. underscore K. And give us a follow. We're going to promote the uh, podcast there. And we'll also be putting up more science content on there as well. So that's very exciting. But enough of the logistical things. Dr. K, let us begin. Now, Dr. K, you begin. I've been hearing a lot about vaccines lately. And I've been very reliably informed that vaccines focus on our immune cells. Right? Yes. Yes, typically so. But in order to fully understand this, and in order to understand the paper that we're going to be talking about today, we have to do a real quick dive into our immune system, excuse me, into our immune system, how it generally works, and then what vaccines are doing. Okay, so the immune system, you may be well aware, is composed generally of uh, white blood cells, and those white blood cells track down misbehaving viruses, bacteria, fungi, parasitic worms, etc., and destroy them. And this is all in an effort to maintain a good set of interactions with our microenvironment and protect us from any pathogenic microorganisms, right? We've talked previously on the podcast about it's super important to maintain a set of really good interactions with our microenvironment. And so our immune system is one of the key ways in which we're able to maintain good interactions with that microenvironment, okay? So that's the 10,000-foot view. But it actually gets a lot more complicated than this as you zoom in closer on the components of the immune system. And a lot of that starts by looking at these white blood cells that make up the actual immune system, okay? So if you look at white blood cells, just like writ large, it's very easy to think about them as like, you know, little soldiers that go about killing bacteria and viruses, et cetera. That's kind of how they're um, cartoonishly portrayed in in society. Like, oh, they're just, you know, soldiers go kill things. And that's, that's... fine. That's a totally valid analogy for them. But there's actually a whole bunch of different types of white blood cells. And these white blood cells have a whole bunch of different kinds of functions. Within white blood cells, you're going to have cells like macrophages, cells like neutrophils, natural killer cells, T cells, B cells, and so on and so forth. There's a whole bunch of different types of cells in our immune system. So that's really, really cool. And as I mentioned a second ago, each of these white blood cells all have different types of functions or different combinations of functions. And so the combinations of these cells and their combinations of functions can lead to different overall behavior types that we recognize as specific states of our immune system. Okay, I'm going to say that again. So since we have so many different white blood cells and they all have different sets of functions, different subsets of white blood cells and the functions that they make up 
right? We'll recognize those different categories as different states of our immune system, okay? Now, there's two fundamental types of behavior that we get from our immune system, um, and there two are two different modes that we can think of our uh, immune system operating and fighting disease. And those are generally divided into innate immunity and adaptive immunity. So what are these? What is the point of each? Okay, so let's take this in terms of um, in terms of types of microorganisms. Um, excuse me, microorganisms that our immune systems are going to fight. Our immune system is either going to fight organisms that it's never seen before, i.e., novel organisms, or it's going to fight organisms that it has seen and has fought with in the past. Okay, and like in more, where a successful army is able to learn from the times when it's fought previous enemies. Our immune systems are really successful when they're able to learn from previous times when they've fought a particular microorganism. I'm going to try and make it a little more explicit and a little clearer then. Um, let's say we have a virus or we have a bacteria that we've never seen before. Okay, It's going to infect us. It's going to try and overrun us, and it's going to try and kill us. Right? As it starts to infect us and start to get into our body, that's when our innate immune system starts to fight back. Okay, Our innate immune system, you can kind of think of them as first responders. They do two different things. The first thing that they do is they send a group of very specific cells to kill off the bacteria or virus, and that clears the infection and you know saves the day. Right? The second thing that the innate immune system does is it sends a group of cells that do two things. They both kill the bacteria or virus. And then they pass on pieces of that bacteria or virus to the adaptive immune system. Okay. Once those pieces of the microorganism are passed on to the adaptive immune cells, then that means that they have a blueprint that they can use to know how to target and kill that virus or bacteria. Okay, so that thus it means that adaptive immune systems ensure that the body is never again taken by surprise. And that any time that that specific bacteria or virus shows up, the, immune, the adaptive immune system can then make a rapid response. Okay, And this is where the notion of a vaccine shows up. The question being, could you stimulate, could you prep the adaptive immune system ahead of time as a way of preventing the severity of, of a disease or just preventing a disease altogether? And that's the logic of the vaccine. Give a portion of a virus, for example, to the immune system so it knows in the future how to deal with that sort of thing should it ever show up. Now, stop it, Dr. K. You say holding up your hand directly in my face. Okay, I get it. That's how vaccines work. But you've been chirping on for the past 20 episodes about microbiomes for some time, right? So how does a person's microbiome actually respond to this sudden change of an immune system, right? How does the microbiome respond to a vaccination? Now, that's a really great, great question. It's still a little bit unknown. In fact, there's, um, that's where we start to get into this, this paper that I was mentioning a little bit ago. But before we finally put a bow on this, we need to set a little more context regarding our funny little friend, the frog. Now, just as we have pathogens, so too does our adorable friend, the frog. And actually, one of the worst pathogens for frogs and amphibians, more broadly, is a fungus that goes by the name of, okay, here we go, okay, Batrachocatrium dendrobatitis, more commonly known as chytrid. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Anyway, it's called chytrid. It's a type of fungus. The chytrid fungus is a horrible frog pathogen, and it actually has led to the extinctions of several species, including several species of frog. So in the efforts of conservation, what researchers at Penn State were trying to do is they were trying to develop a vaccine that could protect the frogs from this fungus. However, typically, while we typically target uh, using a vaccine to target pieces of the immune system, like we mentioned before, 
what this vaccine was doing is it was targeting the natural microbiome of the frog. So what does this look like? So what the researchers did is they injected tiny tadpoles with some metabolites that came from this chytrid fungus that in mass amounts lead to prophylactic shock in frogs. Okay, so it's not a great thing. If you give it to, it's okay for a little bit, but if you give it too much, then it's going to kill the frog. Then after a certain amount of time, the researchers looked at the microbiome of the frogs and they discovered that changing the concentration and the duration of exposure of the frogs to this metabolite led to dramatic changes in the species of bacteria on the skin of the frog. In fact, these dramatic changes in the bacteria on the frog led to an increase in bacteria that produce an anti-chytrid substance. What this means was that if chytrid then tried to attack the frog that had been exposed to the metabolite when it was a, when it was a wee tadpole, right? If it tried to attack the wee tadpole that had been exposed to the metabolite, instead of running into a new a fresh organism that it could just kill, it would run into an organism that was bristling with anti-chytrid bacteria, which then could just act as like a shield of sorts to protect the frog from any colonizing fungus. This makes it much more effective than a normal probiotic, for example, would, and it could actually possibly serve as a way then to protect all types of frogs from going extinct from this kind of fungus. Okay, so I know that was a really quick episode, but let's take this from the top to make sure we're all on the same page. Number one, our immune system is a super cool system that is composed of white blood cells that make up a first, a set of first responders, that would be the innate immune system, and a battle general style, that would be the adaptive immune system. Number two, vaccines typically work by stimulating the adaptive immune system so that it can respond promptly to what would be normally a novel pathogen. Number three, frogs have a fungal pathogen that is extraordinarily lethal and they could go extinct without help. And so finally, four, by manipulating the microbiome of frogs by injection of a chytrid metabolite, a frog vaccine changed the composition of the frog microbiome, enhancing anti-chytrid bacterial species that could act as an armor against invading fungi. It's a super, super cool example of uh, a novel mechanism for doing a vaccination and how an organism's own microbiome can serve as a protective force against a pathogen, much like our immune system does. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Super happy, as always, to have you on board. But until next week, have a wonderful 4th of July. I'm Dr. K, and I hope to see you next time on another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria.